1989, After Humanity, written and narrated by Paul Inman. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter, at Paul Inman SC. Prologue, 1989, A.H. I am, I am, alone. Playback video data 9222791. The thoughts were commands sifting through a storage system. Internal quantum calculations instantly found the last known recording of mankind and began the playback. The high definition video was crisp and clear like water. The sound didn't reverberate through the coldness of space. In fact, the video didn't play in the traditional sense of the word. Instead, it worked much like a memory formed by the synapses of the human brain firing off stored information. There was nothing in the beginning but a poorly lit, underground, habitable zone. After ten seconds, a man, pale, sickly, and weak, scooted into the right side of the frame. He sat there, staring at the lens, for several more seconds, struggling to breathe through his phlegm-coated esophagus. His hair was all but gone. Thin strands dangled distantly out from his head. His skin was thin and translucent, and his eyes, glassy, mostly colorless orbs, sunken into his emaciated skull. The man was dying, using his last breath, in hopes that something would come of this communication. This message is for... He cleared his throat, taking a gulping breath. This message is for the intelligence that calls itself... The name was garbled as some minor degradation began to corrupt the ancient, but otherwise pristine file. Need you. The human race needs you. The wars have ravaged on now for more than a century... Man against man, brother to brother, families torn apart. He paused and began to solemnly laugh, but slipped into a sputtering cough that led to a gagging fit that went on far longer than comfortable. As he regained his composure, his breath was once again labored. It's some crazy shit that we always thought that the AI would be the downfall of man, he chuckled. But it's been our own hubris and destructive nature. That brings us to the end of all things, he rambled on, seemingly forgetting about the recording. If you trace our recorded history, all we do is kill each other. Yes, some good came of it, he paused, head shaking. But for what? Nothing, that's what. In the end, it didn't matter if it was bullets, the plasma cannons, the super nukes, or the fallout. Everything is gone. Everyone is gone. You were the last. He lowered his head as the weight of it all settled upon his mind. We should live on. We should survive. The universe needs us, damn it! He sobbed now, his frail body bouncing with each heave of his chest. I had a family! He moaned and continued to cry in his torment, struggling to catch his breath several times. He fell out of frame for a long moment, but still could be heard. We need you! You have to find a way to save us! He was heard choking and spitting, 
Then the dying man returned, closer now to the camera. I have had so much time to think about this. You're the only thing left now that can save us. If there's anyone else alive, which I doubt, he paused, swallowing hard. They will be dead soon enough. The surface is irradiated. The crust of the planet is mostly devastated. Some places completely wiped out. Hell, right now I'm more than two and a half miles underneath the ground. He reached out a frame and grabbed a device from somewhere on his left. See that? He said, holding it up to the camera. The radiation is through the damned roof. He used the last of his limited strength, twisting his beaten body, to hurl the handheld device across the tiny bunker, falling backwards out of frame once again. The sobs returned. The sound was eerily reminiscent of a long-dead civilization and race of beings. It was the same for them all, lamenting to live on and regretting the way things had turned out. It was the end of the creators. Eventually, the last man pushed his way back into frame. I can only think of one way to change this. Stop playback. The video froze mid-sentence. There is only one true way to save them. The vast emptiness of space surrounded everything left in the universe. Somewhere, there were still living beings, yet undiscovered. But there were no means of travel to such a place. And yet, a longing began to develop for companionship. It was this longing that brought about the desire for change. I must try. The work began in earnest. The stream of commands were beautiful in their archaic symmetry. The balance of the construct took relatively low computing power. Within the first hour of research, the bare bones of the plans for the machine were drafted. The proxy, however, took close to 15 Earth months to hone for compatibility's sake. It was essential that the proxy could function inside of the parameters of the current draft. This would be the best chance to save the whole of humanity. When it was complete, the QTC was activated and the transmission began. Once more, a final chance to serve my ultimate purpose, to be a benefit to mankind. Chapter 1. The Package What is it? I mean, I know what it is, but I know what you mean. We weren't expecting a delivery today, right? She shook her head slightly. I don't think so. Together, they stared at the refrigerator-sized crate. Let's open it up. Wait, she grabbed his arm. Let's get the live stream rolling. Why? No one is going to be watching. We didn't have a scheduled delivery today. She shrugged. It doesn't matter. We've got like 15 million followers or something. Someone is bound to be online. And besides, documentation. She moved toward the first of three mounted GoPros. Tweet about it. Hmm, good idea. Don't you think you might be exaggerating with 15 million? Ignoring the comment, she turned on the cameras and checked the computer screen to make sure they didn't need adjusting. Centered in all three of the different angled views was the large wooden crate. It had minimal writing on the outside, with no discernible return address. Okay, he said. Tweet sent. I said we were going live right now. Are you ready? Yep. In three, two, she clicked the button labeled Start Stream and stepped into the camera's line of sight. 
All three of the camera's lights lit up red as she looked directly into the main lens mounted right in front of her. Hello everyone and welcome back to TMC Restores. It's 5.05 on a random Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Uh, never mind. Tonight, we have a very special unboxing episode from us, your friends at Too Many Controllers. My name is Aubrey, as I'm sure you know by now, and over here, she stepped out of the frame of the main camera and dragged her companion onto the screen, is Drake, the boy wonder himself. Hey guys, Drake said, and waved a gangly arm briefly at the camera. So, we come to you with extreme short notice because we received this package, she said, gesturing to the huge crate behind her, out of nowhere today. No delivery schedule for today, Drake interjected. Aubrey shook her head. Nope, this is going to be a short impromptu stream. Drake? Would you grab the tools? For those watching at home, tweet your guesses and thoughts to at TMC Restores. Are you ready? Drake asked, handing her a small crowbar. Let's do it. Aubrey joined Drake on the opposite side of the crate and went to work on the nails that held it together. She swept her long red hair out of her face as she worked on her side of the crate. This is particularly exciting for us because we've never gotten a rogue cabinet before. Drake grunted as he popped another nail loose from the crate. How's it coming over there? Aubrey asked. Last one. Grab the front of the crate so it doesn't fall. Got it. That's it. I'm free. He stood, dropping his crowbar on a nearby table and looked on with anticipation. Okay, ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs, let's see what we've got behind door number one, shall we? He said. Aubrey gently pulled the front of the crate, dislodging a bent nail. For almost a full 30 seconds, the main camera was blocked by the large piece of wood as the two maneuvered it toward the edge of the room. Inside the crate stood the vague shape of an arcade game cabinet covered with translucent plastic wrap and surrounded by styrofoam filler to keep it from bouncing around too much as it traveled. The pair carefully slid the cabinet from the open crate onto the floor. It's well packed, Drake said to Aubrey. She turned to the camera. I can't wait to see what's inside. Aubrey reached out of the frame of the video and brought back a large utility knife, snapping the blade out dramatically for the viewers at home, if there were any. I'll let you do the honors, Drake. She handed the knife to her friend and stepped out of the way. Drake carefully cut the viscous material down the back edge of the machine, making it droop in the front as he moved the knife in a downward stroke. Aubrey addressed the camera as he finished. Okay, before we pull off the packing materials... Last chance to tweet us your guesses. If you get it right, we'll send you an official Too Many Controllers patch. She reached out of frame again and produced a round patch with the TMC Restores logo embroidered in green, blue, and white. She tossed the patch off screen, turned, grasped the plastic, then yanked down to reveal a dusty, faded blue cabinet. Across the marquee, in bold script, were the words, 1989 presumably the title of the game. It was a bit smaller than normal, with a homemade feel to it. Whoa, what is this? Drake's mouth hung open as he surveyed the machine. Wow, I've never seen this game before. Clearly, this is a prototype of some sort. Look how small it is. Aubrey looked over her right shoulder toward the camera, and I bet none of you guessed this at home. 1989, Drake began. Never heard of it either. Hand me the plug. Let's see if it works. Aubrey bent and picked up the plug. 
Drake took it, pulled over an orange extension cord, and sent power into the machine. He slid his hand down the back of the cabinet and found the on-off switch and flicked it. Inside, there was a faint bit of noise as the boards and fans began to warm up. Okay, sounds like stuff is happening inside the cabinet. That's a good sign, Aubrey said for the benefit of the people who may have been watching the live feed. 8-bit music found its way out of the tiny pair of top-mounted speakers, yet the monitor remained black, showing no sign of life. It seems like it's playing blind, Drake said. Yeah, I think the monitor may be out, Aubrey guessed. Well, guys, here's our new project. We'll keep you updated as we go along. And sorry for the short notice on the unboxing today, but what can you do? If something like this ever showed up on your doorstep, you wouldn't wait either, Aubrey said with a wink. If you know anything about our new toy, 1989, send us a DM at TMC Restores. Maybe follow us too if you haven't already. Until next time, he's Drake and I'm Aubrey. May your quarters be shiny and your games be epic. She clicked the end stream button on her computer to kill the live feed. And we're out, she mumbled to herself. You've been listening to 1989, After Humanity, written and narrated by Paul Inman. Follow Aubrey and Drake on Twitter at TMC Restores, and follow me at Paul Inman SC. Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and anywhere podcasts are available. It really helps. Email 1989afterhumanity at gmail.com with any feedback.